You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up? Today's edition of the OKC82 Podcast is going to be a, an hour, or actually it's 45 minute because I spent the last 30 minutes cutting all the commercials out. 45 minute segment of uh, the Franchise Thunder Insider Show that myself, Madison Morris, Jerry Ramsey, and John Hamm from the franchise and from the OKC Dream Team, that just being John Hamm, uh, do every Saturday um, from 10 to noon. So tune into that if you're interested uh, on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 Tulsa. If you're out of the market, download the app. It's free, and you can listen to us talk for two hours about basketball. Um, I cut out the first hour where we mainly talked about the Warriors and the Rockets and other NBA stuff and Mother's Day. So this hour-long segment would, I think, mainly focused on, and I just we just talked about it, Madison, I can't remember, uh, mainly focused on the Thunder's draft, um, some Thunder exit interview snippets, um, what Russell Westbrook needs to do moving forward, all those typical off-season Thunder stuff that we've already kind of talked about. But we went a little bit more in-depth uh, but moving forward, um, every Saturday, expect a podcast with Madison Morris. She will be doing her thing really well at a high level, as Russell Westbrook would say, um, every Saturday. Madison, say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. Yes, she's slaving away right now, bless her heart. But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. We will be back on Monday uh, with me and Chisholm Holland. Wednesday will be me and Madison, and then Saturday, like I said, will be Madison. So um, look forward to that. Thank you, everybody, for subscribing, and let's get the show started. KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, the big story of the day, brought to you by Big Red Kia on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Welcome to the Franchise Thunder Insider Show. We're going to be going all summer long like we've been doing for years. John, can can you believe that it's been since the, is it the year of our Lord, 1617? No, it was uh, 1516. 1516. That we started this. We started this little sucker. You guys are old. Mm -hmm. My God. This was the brainchild of one Jerry Ramsey. Do you know why we started this show, guys? Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, <laughs> what? Do you know why? Do we, why you guys started the show? Why we started the show? Yeah. Um, I, I feel like you told us, but we probably just forgot. Ingrates. <laughs> Sorry. Just insufferable. I'd answer, but I think your families would be mad at y'all. <laughs> we started this show because the Oklahoma City Thunder, for uh, the first time in a long time, weren't in the playoffs. Oh. Thanks again, Anthony Davis. That's where you're going with this. <laughs> Thanks, Lance Thomas. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was the year that Reggie Jackson was crying uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> after like 13 games. People thought that Serge Ibaka was going to uh, finally uh, mold himself into an all-star because he had the chance because Durant and Westbrook uh, were injured. Uh, so, but uh, And then what came to the last night? Yeah, it did. And... Um, the Thunder beat Minnesota. Yep. Uh, they did their part, but uh, then New Orleans won. And begin, we joke about this, but that essentially came down to Oklahoma City and New Orleans were tied with 45 wins. 
But New Orleans beat OKC earlier that season on, I think, the only three-pointer Anthony Davis made that season. Yeah. Some wild double-clutching half-court shot. And that turned out to be, I mean, that's the difference. But there's other games we talked about that they lost that season that just, ugh. Oh, just the snooze fest they did in New York. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And obviously, uh, people thought that uh, Durant was going to come back and yeah. have a big season. And he had a big half. Yeah, that's, and, uh, and convinced Golden State. That, and remember this: what is it, thirty against Golden State? Oh, in the first half, yeah, yeah, he at had, Golden State, he has thirty in the first half at Golden State, and then he's gone again for rolls his ankle really, really badly. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, it was just one thing after another that entire season, and uh, Durant dealt with uh, with like a turf toe mm-hmm. that kept him out for some games. Uh, he kept trying to come back because, you know, I think he was trying to force his way out there because uh, he knew the team needed him and needed to get some wins. Um, there was turmoil. There was trades. That's Ennis Cantor came in midseason. Steven Adams broke his hand uh, that year. Yeah, that's right. I forgot Mitch about McGarry. Steven. Remember Mitch McGarry? The Mitch McGarry game? I remember that. Yeah, yes. the Mitch McGarry game. Oh, it was uh, against it, the Clippers on was, ABC. It was incredible. Yes, he was uh, running up and down the court, grabbing offensive rebounds. Uh, he was exactly what uh, they thought he was going to be, and then it didn't happen. And so. then it didn't happen. And this was the year that Hassan Whiteside sort of emerged in 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 Miami, and became a uh, became a thing. And so uh, Network, uh, uh, Jason Concepcion. Uh, coined Mitch McGarry as Hassan White guy because <laughs> they were both just sort of emerging out of nowhere. So, uh, but yes, uh, Scott Brooks uh, didn't get it done, uh, and then Sam Presti gives him the, uh, the the sign of approval, and then he's gone next week. Next thing you know, Billy Donovan's in, and here we are. So we started that sh- we started the show so we could talk a little basketball off uh, Thunder schedule, and uh, we have had some news break oh. on this. During the show, surely you guys saw it, right? No, 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 no. Pat- no, no. Patrick Patterson opted in to his player option, which is not surprising. Okay, it's five point seven million dollar option. Um, he averaged thirteen point seven minutes a game this year. Of course, he everybody remembers he started the first three games of the year before Jeremy Grant got put in for good. He averaged thirteen point seven minutes a game, but ever since the Thunder added uh, Markeith Morris on February, what was it? Fourteenth. Uh, it was the night that the Thunder lost to the Pelicans when everybody thought, oh, it's just the last game before the All-Star break. Who cares? Um, he averaged 3.5 minutes in just six appearances out of 25 games the, f- the rest of the year and didn't play a lick in the postseason. Everybody expected him to opt into his player option. Yeah, so. yeah I don't I don't think he's going to get that money on the uh, yeah, open market. That, that's the thing. I mean, now he, he could have like controlled his own destiny and opted out and sacrificed a little bit if he wanted to make sure uh, that he could sign where he wanted to. Um, but five point seven million is, you know, you, you take that. And if you if you're in Oklahoma City, you try to make yourself a part of the rotation again. Brett Dawson just pointed out some quotes from Sam Presti um, that said uh, we're, we're, this was in the exit interviews where Sam said if he's back, which I'd expect him to be, maybe we need to ride out that a little bit longer in terms of his shooting and rely on him to shoot his career averages, which he has done even before you know before the year. So anyway, uh, either he has an opportunity to come back and reestablish himself in the rotation. Or he gets moved on somewhere else this summer. Uh, I mean, this is the uh, Thunder Insider Show. Uh, I'll be the first to tell you, I I think they went away from him um, too much during the season. I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's a spot guy. I don't know if he's a matchup guy. Or if he's a guy that needs to be in a rhythm and get regular rotation minutes. But uh, he's definitely a guy I think that the Oklahoma City Thunder could use. And 
man, they got to figure it out. Now I'll put it on Donovan and, and on him at a certain point. Sure. He needs to knock down his shots, but uh, you got to put it on Donovan to get the guy the proper rotation uh, to get that feel. And, you know, here, everything we're talking about, since the playoffs the thunder need more shooting need more shooting they need a shooting big man you know what they've got one they've got patrick patterson was a guy that was his reputation in toronto um he developed that throughout sacramento and houston and in toronto as a guy that could really knock down corner threes um and really sort of like and not anchor a second unit but again sort of um you know make big contributions in all the small ways so when you talk about well the thunder need to find his backup stretch for They've got one on the roster, potentially. It's just a matter of, A, uh, can Patterson actually produce for them? And, B, can they actually be patient with him long enough and, and let him produce? Do you think uh, he needs to be a participant in next year's rotation, Brady? Or do you think Sam Presti needs to cut his ties with this guy? I just don't know what you can expect. Um, I think it's after two seasons of watching him try and fit in. I mean, fit in is one thing, but just produce and he hasn't been produ- he has not even sniffed the production that Thunder fans that Presti and the organization foresaw when they signed him. I mean, he was one is he the biggest free agent signing other than Paul George, of course? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's either him or Anthony Morrow. Yeah, I mean and those are the guys and and again, like and, it, it bears worth mentioning that's sort of the OKC model. They've never had to rely heavily on free agency. It's always been using that smaller exception to find like rotation guys. Yeah, and at the time it was heralded as one of the better free agency signings of that offseason. Um, I think everybody kind of thought, oh, this is going to be Toronto Raptors, uh, Patrick Patterson standing in the corner and just nailing a bunch of clutch threes. And that's exactly what the Thunder needs, what Russell Westbrook needs on the kick and drive. Um, it just hasn't come. It just hasn't come to fruition. And maybe it's Patterson just getting up there in age. Maybe it's uh, maybe the Thunder's identity of trying to be a, a real athletic, you know, get out in the open floor, getting uh, turnovers, maybe that's not conducive to Patrick Patterson. Maybe Patterson on a slower team is a little bit better. So, you know, maybe some of the blame can be thrown at Patrick. Maybe some of the blame can be thrown at the Thunder's identity for trying to force that upon him because Patterson is not an elite athlete, I think you, we can all agree on. I just uh, remember at one time in point he was going to be the starter. Yeah, I mean, that, that was last season. Uh, that was sort of the general consensus, maybe even a group think, yep. is, well, yeah, Patterson makes sense as the starting uh, uh, power forward because he can stretch the floor and he can move the basketball. Um, it turns out he's not as good as Jeremy Grant, and that matters. But, you know, Patterson was always a streaky player throughout his career, and, and that's what was cautioned upon, like, some people that covered him in Toronto. Uh, point being, I mean, this season, the month of January, he hit 43% from three. Beautiful. Perfect. But that was surrounded by months where he shot like 27%, you know, or no percent. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, that, that's been sort of the high and low of Patrick Patterson. And, you know, maybe it is a matter of, get, of keeping him involved in the offense when he's on the floor. Maybe it is something like that. I, I, I don't know. Or maybe it's just at the point where, like Brady said, it's just not going to be a good fit here. 1077, the franchise 179 in Tulsa. Guys, you see this? Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder Films. I, this is a thing now. After Nick Collison's, uh, what, 30-minute documentary last year they showed at the Myriad Gardens lawn uh, that's out there, Mr. Thunder, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder Films back at it again. They're going to debut their latest piece, Growing Up George. Ooh. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Can you do that after, like, everything I present? No. Coming up next. <laughs> Ooh. Coming up next, Stats. No. Coming up next, Jerry sings Aerosmith.
No, <laughs> do not butcher that for me. At uh, Oklahoma City's Dead Center Film Festival, that's where Growing Up George is going to debut Saturday, June 8th at 9 p.m. The animated short was produced in partnership with the George family and Deep Sky Studios of Portland, Oregon. This is a big deal. This is a real, a real deal. Uh, anyway, I sort of read through this. It's like a four-minute short, and uh, they're going to show it. It's going to focus on... Uh, it's an animated short, uh, I think, focused on uh, Paul George's mom when had a stroke and kind of overcoming what she had to overcome to, to get there and how it influenced him. So And Aww. inspired by the art of Nane. Nane is, um, I, I forget the Twitter handle, at 7A underscore mountain. Right. Uh, she's the one that does all of the really clever, really humorous uh, thunder like sketches. Uh, the, the little season. cartoons? Yes. Yes. Those yes. are really cool. Yeah. So inspired by her art, which is also just another layer of cool in this. It, ben Cohen cool. from the Wall Street Journal did a really cool story on her a few years ago. So uh, check yeah. that out. Oklahoma City Thunder Films have also produced Si Senor, a 2018 Spanish language documentary about. That's right, Mitch McGarry. No, it was about, <laughs> it was about Alex Abrinas. Uh, hey, hey, one, hey, hey. <laughs> that one was called Whoa, man. <laughs> and in 2015, uh, they uh, did a documentary called The Kiwi Way, which, of course, is about Mitch McGarry. Uh, <laughs> the Kiwi Way, which is a documentary story of Stephen Adams. So uh, well, look out. For, uh, Starring Wesley Snipes. That would be, that would be awesome. <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder Films. I mean, we got to talk to these people. I got, I got, uh, I got a story, right? A guy comes out of nowhere, uh, achieves greatness, and then gets pulled over by the police. It's called TV's Jerry. No. <laughs> no. Starring Wesley Snipes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, did you see on Twitter, guys? Uh, it's kind of a thing now that uh, they said uh, was a couple of guys said whenever <laughs> I get pulled over. Uh, next time I get pulled out, I'll just tell the uh, officer that I'm oil and gases Jesse. That was good. <laughs> that was Jesse Mack. That, that was, was Jesse Mack. And I think uh, Nicholas, what did he say? He said, uh, I will tell them I'm Walmart's Nicholas. Walmart's yes. Nicholas. So there you go. Hi, a- I'm IT's John. <laughs> Would you just be I am hair products Brady Trantham? <laughs> Just conditioner, man. <laughs> Madison, you're just Kendra Scott. I'm Kendra Scott Madison. They'd be like, wait, those are lots of names. I don't understand. <laughs> That's all four first names, like the Royal Baby. Yes. All right. 1077 The Franchise, 1079 in Tulsa. When we get back, we'll have a little fun with some audio, some exit interview audio. Plus, we'll talk about what the Thunder should do at 21. Wake up with a franchise morning show on your radio and on Cox Channel 1334. Weekdays 5.30 till 9 on 1077 The Franchise. Every time I hear this song, all I see is Chris Farley dancing around with no shirt with uh, Patrick Swayze. So that's a good thing. (laughs) Everyone's watching. Are you really doing this? I like this song. (laughs) Well, I was really afraid that I would like butcher the words though, so I kind of stopped. I think I already did that. Why wouldn't you just pull up the words and sing along with it? Uh, that's actually a really good question. Karaoke party. I don't, I don't know why I didn't do that. I've, listen, I've done this karaoke. I'm Th- sure you have, Jerry. Lit the room on fire. I'm sure you they did. They had to call. It was a four alarm. Oh, dear. Can you imagine me dancing on stage to this thing? Yes. Uh, yes, I can. Uh, 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 uh. I always point at the uh, group of ladies that look like uh, they have only been out once in the last two years. I'm sure they love that. Because they want to turn up. Yes, they do. Because you look at there's certain people, you, you walk into a uh, an establishment, a club, a bar, whatever, you can see the person that's like, that's their gig. They are there, and they're there a lot. 
And then you look at you know other people and you're like, oh, that person has not been outside the house in like two years. Uh, are you going to tell the story on how you uh, you charmed some ladies uh, one <laughs> night at the at the patriarch? <laughs> Oh, Brady boy. Madison, you'll love to hear this. If you go to my Twitter page, you'll I'm see. I'm going to pull my uh, headsets off. You, uh, you, you'll see a picture of John and I. And actually, have fun with yourself. And uh, go to my Twitter page. And there's a picture of John and I uh, casually sipping some beverages. Uh, just At Flint? Waiting to do a pod for you. No, it's actually at the Patriarch in Edmond. Oh. Uh, John and I met at the Patriarch in Edmond, so we could do uh, one of his many podcasts. I don't know, one of the 16 that he does. Ah, which, here. Which, I by the way, John, I just slid into your DMs if you haven't already I seen it. I just saw that. Okay. Yes. Okay. So anyway, um, and so somebody needed to take the picture. I couldn't. T- I wasn't going to do a selfie with John. I wanted it to be a full-fledged picture. So I go over to another uh, table where there's a couple of ladies. Uh, oh, no. Hello, ladies. And I said... <laughs> Could I'm you, TV's Jerry. Could you take, I said, me and my buddy are doing a podcast. Do you mind coming over and taking a picture of us? And the lady was kind of flustered, confused, she couldn't understand. And I was like, yeah, I just if you could just you know snap a, a quick pic. She gets her purse. Her friend gets her purse. They walk over, sit next to us, put their purse down. They're like, oh, do you want like a selfie? Like, what are you wanting? Like trying to fix their makeup and get all kind of stuff. And I was like, no, I just I want a picture no, of us. No, I want you to take the picture. <laughs> <laughs> but I told John, oh, right, right in my hand, melt it, yeah, like chocolate in my hand. Because I, I did, I was sitting over there, and you were over there talking, <laughs> and I looked over and like waved, which I'm sure they took as some kind of a signal. Didn't help matters, mass confusion. By the way. <laughs> oh dear, lost a lot of good men out there. <laughs> I'm just saying, watch out, ladies. When me and John are out on the town. Look out, right? Liquid sex. That's all I'm saying. No. Poor Edmund. That is John, that's John and I. Liquid there is sex. a child right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think he got here, Brady? The stork. Christian, Christian earphones off. Let Uncle Jerry tell you a couple of things in the break. We'll figure nope. some stuff really out. Really quick, I just retweeted it. I just retweeted this. Oh, my goodness. This is so cool. Brian Bosworth during when he graduated from OU in 87 wearing sunglasses. Absolutely. Oh, that's so cool. Would you expect anything less? No, I wouldn't. No, you would not. The boss. All right, Madison, I am going to put the show into your uh, tiny, soft hands. Oh, it's about dang time. All right. (laughs) So this has been a long time coming, y'all. Easy with the language. What? (laughs) A long dang time. Oh, my. Watch out. Watch out. Okay. Stiffy McStifferson. Okay, so as Jerry has been saying, we were going to do a little bit of the exit interviews audio. So uh, you guys tell me, what. who do you want to hear first? You want to hear some Jeremy Grant? Want to hear from Sam Presti, Paul George, Russell Westbrook? Take your pick. Brady, you're on the floor. Go ahead. Uh, let's listen to Russ. Okay, so I actually really liked this one. This is going to be Russell Westbrook talking about if it either bothers him or drives him to be eliminated from the first round of the playoffs for the third year in a row. Does it drive you? Does it bother you? to on the first round these, these three years. Bother, yes. Um, drive... I guess, but I don't really need a, nothing to drive me to be who I want to be or to be where I want to be. Obviously, me personally, I want to be able to uh, become the best player I can be and obviously win the championship. Yeah, I don't, obviously, I wouldn't want to be sitting here talking to you guys um, at the end of the season, but unfortunately, that's what happened. Um, and with that, you got to go to the drawing board and me personally always look at myself for how I can be better, uh, whether it's playing a better series, preparing better for the series, 
preparing Brad for the season. Obviously, when you lose a series, everybody looks at the series and say, this is the reason why you lost. But that's not ultimately what happens. Throughout a year, there's a different things that happen to you, um, to a team that can either, you either you got it, you're clicking, or you're not. Um, so there's a combination of a lot of things. But me personally, I just know that moving and going into next year, um, I'm going to just do what I need to do to make sure that I'm staying consistent um, at what I do and being better. So it- Biggest takeaway for me, he didn't want to talk to the media after the season. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> all, the, all the things he said. Do I want to be talking to you after the season? No. But no. <laughs> Do you want to be talking to us during, before, right? Uh, at no, any point? No. no. Listen, I, I, he's too cool for school. He's too cool for school. He'll be damned if he's going to let anybody else dictate what motivates him or not. What motivates him is him. He motivates himself. He doesn't need an exit early, uh, late exit. He doesn't care. Uh, yeah, he's bummed about it, but you're not going to tell him that this motivates him. Yeah, I mean, it, just because, like, Thunder fans are, are disappointed or, like, you know, the media is pointing out certain things, I mean, that's just not going to translate to him. He's he's going to see things from his particular point of view. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, Brady hit on it earlier. Russ likes to, likes to win as long as it's sort of the way that he thinks it needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, th- this is r- kind of russell at a crossroads i mean he probably has what two maybe three more years of his prime you know god willing if he doesn't get hurt no one wants to see him get hurt um he's got two or three years left in his window it could go one of two ways it could just continue on or russell could certainly flip the script make some you know alter his game in some way alter his approach uh kind of to what john and i were just saying alter that intensity to where it doesn't always have to be on you it doesn't always have to be you doing all the work and if that happens then the thunder could have some you know maybe a more fortunate ending in the postseason and then that can be where russell's legacy goes and we can all sit there and look back and say oh remember three years ago when we thought russell was dead in the postseason so it, it this is going to be a very important offseason and i i guess the big takeaway um from that answer would just be Russell is very bothered by these last three years. So does he take that and just say, I'm going to keep doing what I do, but harder? No, don't do that. Or is he going to take that and say, I'm going to do some things a little bit different. I'm going to conduct myself in a different manner. Um, Maybe that can yield some different results, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I kind of took the same thing away just because if Russell Westbrook is going to be super bothered by the fact that the Thunder have been eliminated from the playoff or the first round of the playoffs for three straight years. Is that either going to enhance his mindset when he's going into stuff like this, or is this really going to weigh down on him? So next season, when the Thunder, if the Thunder enter the playoffs, is it just going to be kind of the same deal? Is it going to be the song or the same song and dance? I just, I don't know if Russell Westbrook is going to be able to either learn from this and better himself as well as better his teammates around him, or if it's just going to be something that haunts him almost, and it's just going to be the same thing. All right, next clip. Uh, next clip. Do you guys want more of Russell, or shall we talk about kind of something that coincides with it? Is Paul George? Uh, he gave kind of a funny answer when asked about if it makes him quote unquote cringe the way that Russell Westbrook kind of speaks to the media. Do y'all want to hear that? Absolutely. Good, because so do I. Okay. Does Russell ever make you cringe a little bit? Because he, I hear what you're saying, but sometimes he doesn't do himself any favors, it seems like, when he deals with us or, you know, in certain places. But you know him better than that. Mm-hmm. Do you ever go, oh, Russ, you know? 
Um, <laughs> uh, I just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough position to be in um, because I know being around them, like, I know where it's coming from. Like, it just doesn't come off the right way. Um, but I, I know where it's coming from. Um, you know, he, he's a guy of principles. And, um, you know, everything he does is all principles. You know, that's, that's you know, he's going to take care of himself and, and he's going to look out for himself. Um, and, and that's what you got to love about him, to be honest. Does this dress make me look fat? Uh, should, it should be noted. Should be noted that when Paul kind of laughed at the beginning of that question, he looked over at the Thunder's PR guy, Matt Tumbleson, and kind of had this, "Oh, should I answer this? <laughs> like, you want me to be real about it?" <laughs> okay, uh, elephant in the room. I'm the one that makes every every one of you cringe. When we're out in public, and it's the four, if it's the four of us, if it's the two of us, or it's a group of us. I'm always that guy that says something dumb or says something kind of outlandish or whatever, and you all have to apologize for me. It's happened, right? All three of us. Yes. So we know on we know about this on a personal level. I don't have that problem. I don't have anybody that makes me cringe because uh, I usually try to out-cringe them. But point being is when you're put in that situation, and I think you said it, Brady, you kind of just look to say, oh, like what benefit is it to me to actually answer honestly about what a douche this guy is. And I'm talking about Russell Westbrook, and I'm talking about myself. I am. I, I Both of you. What benefit is it to you to actually tell the truth? You know what the truth is. Uh, I know what the truth is. And really, what does it benefit anybody? Uh, I mean, is that kind of where we're going with this? I mean, really, and this is going to be more about Russ, um, it should be more about me, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you had your TV's Jerry segment earlier. <laughs> the second that Russell understands that, look, I'm I'm in the media. I don't really care if he wants to talk to us or not. I mean, he's obligated to at least be present when we have to ask him questions. Whether or not he answers questions that I ask or that my colleagues ask, I mean, I don't I don't really care. But the second that Russell understands that his behavior represents an entire team and then that entire team thrives off of him or dies as a result of him and they have to answer for him once he understands that he's affecting them in that ne in a negative way that way maybe russell makes those necessary um um i guess improvements to his game that we've been talking about um presti said that he kind of understood that this year um between between games three and four when he finally answered barry trammell's question to an extent um, but we'll see moving forward because that that's a drastic character change. And I, I get, I respect Russell wanting to have this, this image of like, you know, I'm the baddest, you know, badass guy on earth. Like I get that. I respect that. And I'm not going to show any love to the media. That's kind of hated on me since my rookie year coming into the NBA. I get all that, but you represent an entire team. You represent an, um, other players that are trying to get to the same place that you're trying to get to. And when you undermine them in that way, it affects them. And it, it builds this situation that could be with uh, the Portland loss against the Blazers where you guys become such a laughingstock because you talk all this trash. And Russell, you do, all these, you do all these things, you have all these antics, and then Paul has to answer for it. And then Steven has to answer for it. And you guys look foolish as a result. So maybe Russell will take this example, this situation this year, and move forward with it in a positive way. But again, we will see. 
I, I, I keep going back to what uh, what Sam said about the emotional team is easy to beat. And that's what got lost when people out there are saying, oh, the media is just crying because Russ won't answer questions. No, it was offering a glimpse into some of the issues here. And Russ has talked about, oh, I just get so amped up during a game that I have to cool down for two hours. Maybe that's a problem. Emotional. Emotions run high. Emotions, you know, it could confuse you or, or lead you to do irrational things. And that's where Oklahoma City keeps winding up in this spot. That was the biggest takeaway out of all that, not the fact that he uh, was taking things out on one particular reporter. Yeah. Uh, that, emotions, it made sense in 2016-17. It made sense. I mean, the Thunder, Oklahoma City was in an emotional state. Kevin Durant just walked away. The Thunder went from a title contender to – is Russell going to be with the team moving forward? Is he going to leave Oklahoma City? Are the Thunder even a playoff team with just Russell running the show? So it made sense that Russell's emotional play, it led him to an MVP. It led the Thunder to kind of starting, the kind of trying to rebuild the foundation. And they ended up getting Paul George as a result. But sustained success, being reliable, you can't rely on your emotion. 1077 The Franchise, 1079 in Tulsa. It is the Franchise Thunder Insider Show. Madison Morris, Brady Trantham, John Hamm, Jerry Ramsey, uh, and Christian Hamm joining us today. That's Chris- right. Christian, so far, real quick, uh, just how do you like the show? Uh, it's good. <laughs> there you go. Done. That is, that is as good. That's all you need to know. That is as good we are as good. you are going to get as we far. We have cornered the eight-year-old market <laughs> yes. in this area. Yes. Suck it. Uh, when we get back, uh, we uh, will ask the Lakers, baby, what you doing? You're listening to the uh, Franchise Thunder Insider Show, 1077 The Franchise. 1077 The Franchise. Make the switch. Oklahoma's new sound for sports. 1077 The Franchise. What a seven seven the franchise. What a seven nine in Tulsa. What is what is this? Madison, what are we doing? Uh, this would be it's called Build Our Machine by Bendy and the Ink Man or the Ink Machine. <laughs> no, came, not the Ink Man. I don't know. <laughs> who came Who came up to play this? Out of everybody in the studio, who would know about this thing? Everyone, take a wild Christian guess. Christian Ham. Is this what oh, I thought this was John's. Is it is this good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Ham joining us today. Is this your song, Christian? Yeah. yeah it's Christian Ham joining us. It's John Ham. I took son. him from an, for an Iron Maiden guy. I told him. I, I asked him about Keith Sweat and uh, Parliament Funkadelic. Nothing. Uh, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Oh, that's that's a shame. And then I said Aerosmith. He's like, is it like an airplane or something? Oh, come on. What kind of bum listens to Aerosmith? Uh, me. <laughs> if you want to know what has been stuck in my brain for about the past two or three weeks, it's that song. Because I hear it. <laughs> John, don't 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 ask Madison to babysit him because then he's gonna be like, Dad, I wanna be a rock star. He's going to come home, or you're going to come home. He's going to be like an eyeliner, and his hair grew like five inches. Why, like, yeah. why are you spending all that time in an elevator? <laughs> Get out of the elevator. Get Aww. out of the elevator. We use the escalator, the ham family. Is that, uh, is that a euphemism? <laughs> yes, it is. It is? Yes, it Save is. this segment 10, 12 years from now. He's going to laugh. <laughs> By the way, Brady, uh, yes, we're going uh, to have a funny oh. joke. Say it. Do I have a funny joke? You were going to say he was going to. Uh, no, I'm not going to say anything. I oh. said he's going to laugh. 
Okay. Uh, listen, uh, not only are we doing this live, right? This is live. We'll do it live. This is live. Uh, the uh, Franchise Thunder Insider Show. Uh, we do this every Saturday, 10 to 12. We're going to continue on through the summer. We're going to take you through the draft. We're going to take you through free agency, uh, G League uh, tryouts. Summer League. <laughs> all kind of stuff going on. Uh, we'll take you through all that all summer. Did you say uh, tryouts? Yes, G League tryouts. <laughs> Got to get the tree outs. Uh, but... Uh, so it's live, but you're thinking, oh, no, I just missed that last segment. What do I do? Uh, oh, this yeah. also is going to serve as the OKC82 podcast. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it's off season, so content, content, content. So in that in that uh, spirit, uh, we're going to try and do three shows a week. Oof. Um, myself and Chisholm Holland will be doing the Monday show. Madison Morris and I will be doing Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And Saturday is completely Madison's baby, but because I kind of... Th- thrust this upon her at the last second because usually I have ideas just bam like that and I just try and throw them all at you. Um, We're just going to use today's show and moving forward Madison will just either use pieces of this show or do her own thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that can be you know today an Instagram model NBA news. <laughs> That's or, honestly why what I'm did, here. What did Aisha Curry say today? Find out next. That's a segment in its own, right there. <laughs> about the league being rigged. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's, right. it's surprisingly not rigged right now. Let's talk out a couple of things, and then I love the Aisha Curry stuff. We might end that show with that because there's some interesting things going on with that but uh honestly i don't know uh brady how much thought you put into it because i really haven't had a conversation with you john i've had a little bit of a conversation with you the oklahoma city thunder are going to pick at number 21 this year in the national basketball association's uh basketball amateurs draft that's einon svansig as dennis Schreer would say you like that oh is it really oh ah, that's, that's nice German that lessons uncircumcised uh, <laughs> but <laughs> there we go number 21 uh, and there are a handful of guys uh, that I see on here and that I've heard rumors about. Uh, so I'm going to throw some stuff out there. You told me, you tell me if you have heard, tell me what you have heard, all that good stuff. So uh, NBA Draft Net is my favorite place to go for the mock drafts. Mind you, it's a mock draft. If you do, it's like mock apple pie. Okay, It's not real. Or mocklet if you're a Friends fan. I, I am not. You're not? Oh. And what the hell is a mocklet? It's, it's mock chocolate. Really? Yeah. It's not good. It's Anyway. It's fake chocolate? It's on Netflix. You can binge it. Or a oh, mock, it's, a, it's a show. A mock turtleneck like Tiger Woods right. donned when he won the Masters. So there you go. There's a lot of mocks out there. Mockingbird, right? James Taylor. Moccasins. I don't think that. Well. No. Okay. Do, well, what have we got, Christian? A monarch butterfly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. There we go. That's a good one right Done. there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can't get any checks out. That, so. Uh, <laughs> All right, let me give you some names here. The NFL, uh, NBA dot draft, the NFL dot draft. <laughs> Kyler Murray at 21. <laughs> uh, NBA uh, dot net says Tyler Hero from Kentucky, the freshman, 6'5", 195. Guys, he can shoot. He reminds me a lot of J.J. Redick, uh, said Jalen Rose. Okay, so he has no chance of being drafted by OKC. Not so. one tattoo, BS. I'm calling BS on it. <laughs> Zero tattoos. Well, no, kid. JJ Red coming out of Duke, didn't he? He didn't have tattoos. I couldn't go to Duke if he did. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tyler Hero, anybody? Hero. Because it's H E. Is it Hero or Hero? It's H E R R O. Need to ask Kentucky guy Brett Dawson. Hero. Tyler Hero. What do you think? I don't know, but but I'm getting a lot of holding out for a hero type theme. If you. 
There you go. Yeah, Let yeah wherever ride. he lines up at. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, again, he's a skill guy. Right? Six five. He's six five. Uh, what's his wingspan? Is it like seven nine? <laughs> that's an actual thing. I don't have his wingspan, but you're right. That's yeah. an actual that, thing. That's another thing we got to think about. So. Okay, Tyler Harrow is one of them. <laughs> Cameron Johnson out of uh, North Carolina, six eight guy. Guys, he can shoot. <laughs> It's funny how some of these mock drafts are gravitating towards those guys. I mean, a six nine two ten, like sm- like combo forward type guy. Um, a- again, I think people are looking at wings and uh, big men that can shoot, and they're sort of, you know, d- building their mock drafts around those guys. Okay, so there's the Thunder two already have two of those guys on roster right now, though. Nice. Are, yeah, I, so. I'm so glad you said that. Who are they? Uh, Terrence and Andre. Okay. Um, well, no, no, no. I, I thought you were going to go uh, uh, the Egyptian lover. Oh, Abdul Nader. Oh, yeah, yeah and Abdul Nader. Yeah, right. what's the what's Egyptian it? lover. Is he on? <laughs> is he on contract for another year or is it two? It's uh, he's got one of these contracts where his his deal's non guaranteed, uh, and there's certain trigger dates that guarantee the contract. It it it, it works a lot like a rookie scale contract, oh, okay. but it's not. Okay, so is there a chance that they could get one of these guys and let Nader go, or do you see Nader uh, in next year's rotation for sure? Yeah, uh, I. I, I doubt it. I mean, I, I think Nader was the guy that interested them. I don't know how they could have seen him this season and come away like, boy, we really need to keep working on this. I mean, he was billed as one of the best shooters on the team and shot 33%, um, you know, fell out of the rotation before the playoffs started. I, I don't know if there's a big, like, rotation spot for him moving forward. I don't know if you can necessarily grade it, like, fairly because, I mean, Presti mentioned it about 14 times. Alex Abrinas was supposed to be here, and yep. then Abdul Nader was kind of thrust into an unfair situation. So um, I think that there's something there with Nader. I I think there is. I, I don't, I'm not willing to say the Thunder should just cut bait and move on from him, but um, there's something there. And with how top-heavy this draft is, I mean, not a lot of people. I mean, what I was listening to... I was listening to something, and it was uh, some Celtics fan saying that they had the, the ninth pick and how pointless it is. Like, you can pick at nine or 22 and basically hope for the same thing some NBA scout said I think on the athletic um so so for that I just don't know why you would want to just say let's go all in with this rookie and just tell Abdul Nader to move on okay with that I mean having said that OKC traditionally their rookies play yeah I mean their first round picks or even like Ahamadou Diallo like they get some rotation burns so um even though you can say like well there's you know the, the draft is pretty top heavy you can teams are going to be looking for that guy that fits i think that's that's what the draft is going to turn into is finding guys that they feel like fit what they need okay so the rumor was and then this is a rumor from uh, oh my gosh i want to say it's daily thunder uh or thunder intentions one of those ones uh but thunderous intentions is that what it is matisse thibel uh, this is a 6'6 guard, big wingspan, 200 pounds, out of Washington, a senior, okay? So this isn't one of those phenoms. Uh, defense, he was an all-defensive team, Pac-12, uh, that he was promised. The Thunder promised him uh, that they would pick him at 21, and that's why not, he's not going to the Combine. So let me throw all that at you. So according to this rumor, the Thunder have promised uh, Thibel here uh, a spot and he's not going to the combine because why bother? Because he already has a spot. How much is that a BS and, and how much do you believe that? Uh, I mean, I didn't read that specific article. I mean, I did kind of catch some bits and pieces. What I thought it was people connecting some dots. 
that he's not going to the combine. Oh, he probably has a promise. You know who typically makes promises? Oklahoma City. Oh, hey, this is a defensive type guy that can't shoot. I mean, like people just sort of lined everything up. I didn't read whether someone was sort of reporting that as a rumor or just sort of connecting the dots and saying, hey, that could be a team. If you look at the CBS Sports mock draft, they have San Antonio taking this kid at 29. Yep. yep. And then listen, the fact that San Antonio, like if there's any sort of smoke around that, those guys know what they do with their player uh, player observations. Here's the thing. The Thunder, obviously, they need, they need shooting. So I guess you could say, well, maybe they should draft some wing, guard, whatever combo like we've been mentioning. The likelihood that, that guy helps the Thunder significantly in year one in this draft is slim to none. So draft Bull Bull if he's there. Hey, I'm telling you, move move around and make that happen. I mean, there's yeah. some drafts that have him going like 17, yep. like 20 some odd. Um, you yeah. have to address the backup center, especially if Nerlens is going to move on, which it appears he might be doing so. Um, yeah, I just don't know if this draft is going to answer the question of Thunder shooting. So, Bol Bol, Bol Bol, very, very limited playing time, had the foot injury. So, here's what you want to do. You want to go ahead and, uh, you know, try to do uh, one, of your, one of your needs, your backup center, and you're going to try to do that with a kid who obviously had a great skill set uh, before he goes down with the injury, but an injured kid? I mean, you don't have the luxury like Denver to have that Porter kid to sit on the bench for a year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it could be the sort of thing. I mean, we're, we're talking hypothetically here. Yeah. Um, where you could carve out a small role for him next season. and But there is a lot of room to grow in future years as the team transitions to, you know, the post-Paul George possibly the post-Russell Westbrook era of the team. Um, I, I just feel like that that is more of a long-term get that you can find a smaller role a la Steven Adams when they drafted yeah. him and sort of brought him along through the years. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo was available when they drafted him. That's what so, I hear. I mean, <laughs> just letting you know, that was a huge mistake. You've got two to three years left with Russ and Paul. Um, the likelihood, like, like I said, the likelihood that you get a rookie um, to significantly help you in this window is pretty slim. Presti mentioned a handful of players as to the core of the Thunder moving forward. Russ, Paul, of course, Steven, Jeremy Grant, and Dennis Schroeder. You've got five guys right there in your core that Presti mentioned by name. Um, they've got their team that they, you know, for better or for worse, that they're going to roll with. So I guess at 21, you draft potential. You draft utmost, highest ceiling potential. You don't draft, okay, well, we have this, we have this need that needs to be addressed. So let's try and do it with a rookie. No, try and address that with a buyout guy or try your luck on the free agency market. Well, you're what your free agency market. You're getting a bunch of $5 million guys, if anything, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, so I, I think this is what I told you is, you know, um, that the OKC has a reputation. Oh, they just draft these lengthy athletic guys that can't shoot. That's true. Uh, Andre Robertson, uh, frankly, when Jeremy Grant came in, we weren't quite sure what he was. Um, he's developed a really nice three-point shot. Terrence Ferguson, lengthy athletic kid that his shooting numbers were not great in Australia. But you know what? He's shown a lot of promise there. Um, but where OKC has typically like tried to find that talent is through trade, and through free agency, uh, to fill in those rotation spots. Okay. So, so you ready for my dark horse? This, this guy screams Oklahoma City Thunder. It's just screaming right there. Uh, on uh, NBA.draftnet, uh, uh, they got him going 16 to Orlando. But Stanford, uh, Stanford guard, uh, small forward, 6'8", 195. Woo, super skinny. KZ Okapala. Okay? What does the 
Z stand for? Uh, that's right. It sure does. I need to look something up. KZ Okapala. All right. KZ, my Kazarius. friend. Uh, KZ, my friends, uh, has an enormous wingspan, uh, well over 7'2", uh, defensive-minded. He wears number zero. Okay? They uh, they love Stanford guys. Uh, looking to try on Houston, what they did with him. Uh, Pac-12 guys, check. They love Pac-12 guys. And... Uh, I mean, this guy is this guy is a uh, sm- smartest guy in the room pick. I mean, this is just this screams Sam Presti and his pick here. Yeah, I mean that's. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, no, you're you're not at all. And, and that's honestly when we're talking about this, we're talking about potentially like ten different guys that you could make a case for. This feels very much like when they had the 21st pick and we were talking about Derek White, we were talking about Shemi Ojale, we were talking about OG Ananobi. Um, <laughs> look, Ananobi was a guy kind of like Bull Bull. Like, if that guy is healthy, he goes higher in the draft. Um, we were shocked, frankly, that they passed him up, yeah. which makes me very afraid they'd pass up on Bull Bull as well if they had the opportunity. But point <laughs> being, um, there's a number of guys that you can that you can make a legit case for down there at that point. And it, I've been through this enough and i've covered this team long enough where i see that and i'm just like this guy has it this guy has every single one of presty prints on him so uh that is my his, guy by the way i looked it up his name he's nigerian so i might butcher this name so i apologize uh chikizi c-h-i-k-e-z-i-e so his kz is obviously just kz is good enough right? yeah. especially for guys like me chikizi like if his name was if his name was theodore i'd screw it up so i'll go kz it'll be perfectly <laughs> fine uh, that's great so uh, we've got a couple of minutes here left on the uh, Franchise Thunder Insider Show. Well, you know, by the way, you know, to what you were saying, John, the Thunder have a guy like that already in their system with Kevin Hervey, you know, a guy out of, uh, what was it, UT Arlington? Um, yeah, Texas Arlington, mm-hmm. um, who a lot of people thought when the Thunder picked him up, um, if he hadn't torn his ACL, he could have been maybe a middle of the first round draft pick. Ta- like, he's there in talent, but he's with the blue. Um, Presti, I believe, I think he mentioned him. In his exit yeah, presser, just like right. in terms of like just talking about the development that they've had with Terrence and Jeremy, and then he went down into the blue with Deontay Burton and Kevin Hervey. So the Thunder have, they have guys like that that kind of fit that description of maybe there's something there. Maybe they they just had some unfortunate injuries that brought them down in the draft. Devin Hall also too skilled yep. skilled shooter. I mean they they took him in the second round, and I don't know how good he actually is, but you know they they have occasionally tried to go that direction. Played overseas for a little bit though, and mm-hmm. then get, got into the Thunder system way late, and so that's right. why you never heard a, a yeah, peek we, out of the kid. We don't so. really know what he can do if anything. Yep. Uh, real quick, uh, let's spend a couple of minutes on uh, the joke that's been going on with the Lakers organization here in the last week. I told Gabe Eichert on the show this week that with a healthy LeBron James and despite themselves, I think they're going to fall into a good coach and end up being a top four Western Conference uh, team. How stupid is that? Oh, that's stupid. (laughs) I mean, they might end up getting a good coach. I'm sorry. uh, Top four? Top four Western Conference. Okay, so Golden State. Yes. In even without Kevin Durant, as we saw how good Golden State still is, right? Yeah. Um, is Houston going to fall off? I don't know. Is Denver going to fall off? I don't know. Is Portland and Utah, Oklahoma I City, San Antonio, are they all going to get worse? No. Okay. Because look at every single one of them have issues. Portland's coming off two years straight getting swept. This but not Lakers be- issues. Beauty issue with that. Like, and the Denver, eighth youngest ever in the playoffs. They're going to have to deal with success. Utah is Utah. I have a three-team cushion to get the Lakers in the top four. Did you, by chance, mix up the Lakers and Clippers again? 
when you were making this. <laughs> Damn it. I, I'm, I'm more bullish on the... On looks the at Clippers. his notes. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more bullish on them. Um, no, I mean, look, this this Lakers drama, to me, it is much more than haha. They can't find a head coach. It has been one calamity after another. Um, th- there is some structural issues with that team going to Jeannie Buss and being advised by best friends who probably have no business advising on today's NBA. Uh, there are a lot bigger issues. And to me, what I'm looking for, if the Lakers, if, if they, you know, like Frank Vogel apparently is like yep. in line, okay, to possibly, I guess he's already put his house up for sale in Florida for whatever it's worth. But if they whiff in free agency, how much is too much for LeBron? At what point does LeBron say, you know what, this, this was worth a shot, but uh, let's do something else. LeBron James this year, if he's not injured, they get into the playoffs and they make they make some sort of noise. I'm just telling you, I, I believe it. I believe in LeBron James. I only have like a decade and a half of no, I believed in him too to, all year. To follow. So, but there's I, a lot more than LeBron here. I don't think it's going to be two years in a row. You wipe out Magic Johnson. You probably get rid of Palinka. You're going to bring a guy in. Uh, they can do that job. Then you're going to have a decent coach. It looks like when they didn't sign Ty Lue, I said, guess what? This this team actually has some life so that's where i am i didn't think i thought they did tyloo that they're going to be in the same soup they were in but i think uh, you know despite themselves that uh things are going to work out for la so that's where i'm at okay it's optimistic Good luck Harry. With that. <laughs> I, just, I love how brady just straight up says yeah it's stupid uh, <laughs> 1077 the franchise 1079 in tulsa guys great job remember uh, the OKC 82 podcast. If you're uh, listening to this, thank you very much. We're on every Saturday from 10 to 12. Uh, but if you're listening to the podcast, keep listening to uh, them. Chisholm, Brady, Madison, they all do a great job. Christian Ham, you did a fantastic job. Good for you. Thank you, sir. So thank you. Thank yeah. You. That's thank you, Christian. Thanks, Christian. Better than anybody else does around here. John Ham, Brady <laughs> Trent, and Madison Morris. Uh, we'll step aside. Producer show.